Welcome back to our study of the Beatitudes. This will be our final session on the Beatitudes as we are considering the eighth and last of the Beatitudes of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5. If you're watching the video and this looks a little bit different, or if you're listening to the audio and this sounds a little bit different, that's because I'm recording from the house, don't have all my usual uh, equipment uh, for recording because of this epic snowstorm and freezing temperatures and whatnot. So um, apologies for that, but um, grateful we can still do it. So let's dig in together to Matthew chapter 5. And we'll be looking at verses 10 to 12, where Jesus says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So, the first thing we notice here is that Jesus is saying that those who are persecuted are blessed. Now, all through the Beatitudes, Jesus has been turning upside down our expectations, the way that the world usually thinks about the kind of people who are blessed. Um, he has turned on its head, right? He says, not blessed are the rich or blessed are the, um, you know, the outwardly righteous, but he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Uh, he says, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are meek. None of those are things we um, would have expected or would have thought that uh, the world would sort of nod along with and say, yes, of course, of course the poor in spirit are blessed. Of course the meek and the mourning are blessed. Jesus has been turning our expectations, or at least the world's way of thinking, upside down. And perhaps this is the most unexpected, uh, the most significant turning of our expectations on their heads here when Jesus says that those who are persecuted are blessed. How can someone who is persecuted be blessed when they are being harassed and perhaps even killed because of what they believe. Uh, how does this even work? What does Jesus mean? Why does he say, blessed are the persecuted? Now, uh, before we answer that, and perhaps as a way of beginning to answer that, it's important that we notice what kind of persecuted person Jesus is talking about here. He's not talking about everyone who's persecuted for any and every reason. Uh, Jesus says very plainly, blessed are you who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And we know that in the context of the Gospel of Matthew and in the context of Jesus speaking, we know righteousness is going to be defined according to God's character and God's word. And more than that, Jesus says in uh, the next verse, verse 11, um, he says, uh, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. So it's the one who is being persecuted for righteousness' sake, the way Jesus is talking about it, is also somebody who is being persecuted because they are following Christ. Those two things are linked together and cannot be separated. 
So Jesus is not talking about someone who might be uh, persecuted because of immoral behavior. He's not talking about somebody who might be persecuted because they are worshiping a false god. Jesus is not saying that that kind of person is blessed. And uh, at the same time, we want to be clear, I, I'm not saying that Jesus is saying it would be okay to persecute that kind of person. I'm not, I'm not saying that it would be okay to persecute that kind of person. I'm just saying that's not the kind of person Jesus is talking about. Right? If someone, like Jesus is not saying that people who are being persecuted because they follow other gods, that if they're being persecuted for that, that they also will be blessed and inherit the kingdom of heaven. That if they're not following Jesus, whatever persecution they're experiencing is not the kind of persecution Jesus is experiencing here. Again, I'm not saying Jesus therefore doesn't care about those people being persecuted. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that's not what he's talking about here. What he um, it, it helps us to think about what he is saying if we look at what Peter says, the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter 4, verses 15 and 16, he says, and he's talking to Christians here, and he says, If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Same kind of thing Jesus is talking about here. Because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But, he says, let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. So, for example, if you say you're a Christian and you say you follow Christ, but you commit some uh, serious sin, you murder someone or you steal from someone, Right, or you, you do some serious evil and you are being, you feel like, persecuted or mistreated or reviled or maligned or whatever because you've done that evil thing. Jesus is not saying that you are blessed because of that persecution. That's not what he's talking about. And that's not what Peter is talking about. But if, on the other hand, you are being persecuted even though what you are doing and the reason you're being persecuted is because you're following Christ because you belong to Jesus, because you're seeking to do what uh, is pleasing to Christ, if you're being persecuted on account of that, that's the kind of person Jesus says is blessed. So we need to be clear that when Jesus says, blessed are those um, who are persecuted, he's specifically talking about those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake and on his account. Right, so let's let's make sure we've got that nailed down. All right. Um, now, next thing, we have said all throughout this study of the Beatitudes that Jesus is talking throughout the Beatitudes about one kind of person and ultimately about one kind of blessing. In every Beatitude, he's describing a Christian. He's describing those who belong to Christ. And in every Beatitude, he's describing, in one way or another, the ultimate blessing of inheriting the kingdom of God. Right? And with that comes seeing God, which is really the, the ultimate ultimate blessing, right? Seeing God face to face. Um, inheriting the earth, being comforted, etc., being satisfied, uh, all those things those are all wrapped up in inheriting the kingdom of God, receiving the kingdom of God in the new creation at the return of Christ. Also, all the descriptions of the, of the one who is blessed are all talking about those who belong to Jesus because we all who belong to Christ recognize at some point that they're poor in spirit, uh, recognize our sinfulness, we uh, mourn that, we are humbled by that, we become meek, we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we want to please God, and so on and so on. But when we come to this last one, 
you might think, well, but that one can't be talking about all Christians because not all Christians are persecuted. Well, is that accurate to say or not? Is it right to say this can't be talking about all Christians because all Christians are not persecuted? Or another way to say that would be, can this last verse be talking about us if we are not persecuted? Well, before we can fully answer that question, here's what we need to do first. We need to define persecution correctly, according to Scripture, right? Because when we think about persecution, most of the time what we are thinking about is someone being beaten, imprisoned, or even put to death because of their faith, because they told someone about Jesus, or because they tried to meet with other Christians, or because they had a Bible in their house or something, and they're in a place where persecution is so severe that they might be imprisoned or even killed because of that. And that is severe persecution. And what we don't want to do is to equate the kind of persecution that we are more accustomed to experience in our context with the kind of persecution that our brothers and sisters in Christ are facing in much darker parts of the world. So we're right to think, in one sense, to think, well, we at least to think, well, we don't experience that kind of persecution, not on that level. And that's true. But that's not the same thing as saying that we don't experience persecution. Notice what Jesus says there in verse 11. When he talks about persecution, he says, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. When Jesus talks about persecution, he is not talking only about the most severe forms, right? Beatings and imprisonments, the things that uh, Paul, for example, endured on his missionary journeys. He's not talking only about that. He's also talking about what we might call verbal persecution, where people speak evil against you, they revile you, they slander you, they malign you because you're a Christian, because you follow Christ, because you um, hold to certain beliefs and practices that are taught in Scripture. And that kind of person, persecution does occur all over the world. And even if you may not have faced that kind of persecution sort of individually, like someone has looked you in the eye and said something evil about you because you're a Christian. Um, Christians do face this kind of persecution more broadly as a group, as um, people in our culture, right? Um, mock and slander uh, Christians at times for what we believe and what we do and things like that. So Christians do experience persecution in general, right? And we experience different levels of persecution depending on our context, where we are, and, and different different things. But though we might not think of ourselves as people who experience persecution, you do probably, at least to a certain extent, um, experience some, even at least mild form of persecution, if we can we can put it that way, right? So um, Peter again helps us out here. Um, Peter talks about the same kind of thing. When um, in First uh, Peter chapter four, um, he talks about um, let's see, yeah, you if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, right? So um, again, that's a verbal sort of persecution that he's talking about. Same idea, you're blessed if you endure that. 
So um, even that kind of like broad cultural um, slander, insult, uh, whatever that happens against Christians, um, that counts as persecution as well, right? And um, so we uh, we know he's talking about us, right? Even if we didn't think of ourselves before as experiencing persecution, we know where he's talking about us. Um, and here's the thing. We should not be surprised by the fact that we are spoken ill of by others in our culture. That should not surprise us. Right? Jesus told us that would happen. Jesus was treated that way. Um, he says later the prophets were treated that way, right? For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Right? And if you're inclined to say, yeah, but you know, we live in America and this is supposed to be a Christian country and we're not supposed to be treated this way and whatnot. Think about Jesus and the prophets. Where were they when they were persecuted? They were in Israel. Literally God's chosen nation. Right? Those were supposed to be God's people. And who was it that handed over Jesus to be put to death? It was his own people, the Jews. Right? He was betrayed by one of his own disciples. Who was it who persecuted the prophets? Right? Was it at least some of the time? Wasn't it the, the people of Israel themselves who were persecuting the prophets that God sent to them to speak his word to them? So even if we want to, you know, even if you're, you're thinking to yourself, well, isn't this America? Christians shouldn't be spoken of this way, treated this way. Well, we are, number one. And number two, that shouldn't surprise us because Jesus warned us that would happen. And that happened to Jesus and that happened to the prophets. Uh, Paul even tells us in 2 Timothy 3.12, he says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And that can happen even inside of what are supposed to be um, broadly Christian communities. Right? If you think about, um, you know, like the medieval era, where um, most of the European countries, right, were some, were, were at least broadly Christian, right? The Catholic Church had spread over a long period of time and over a large uh, space. And, you know, you can debate the theology and all that. I'm not trying to get into that. I'm just saying, you know, the culture was broadly Christian in the sense of it's based around the Bible and all those kind of things, whatever you want to think about Catholic theology and the Catholic Church in the medieval period. But most people were Christians. Even in a context like that, someone who begins to take more seriously than maybe some of the people around them, the call to uh, follow Christ and worship God with all their and love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, they can be persecuted and and maligned even by other people who say they're Christians, right? And perhaps you've experienced that, where um, you know you're around some people who you know at least say they're Christians, and then you start taking seriously what it means to follow Christ, and they start giving you a hard time. Right, so even if you even living inside of um, a community or a culture that is broadly Christian doesn't mean you're not going to be persecuted for following Christ. Paul says everyone who uh, seeks to live a godly life in Christ Jesus is going to be persecuted. 
So he is talking about us. That's my point. He is talking about us. We do experience this at some level. But lastly, we want to focus on the blessing. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Remember, that's the the blessing that he started with in the first beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is the ultimate reward, like we were talking about. Being in the presence of God, um, being under his saving reign, being in his new creation, the new heavens and the new earth when Christ returns. But also he says in verse 12, right, rejoice and be glad. If you're being persecuted, you should rejoice. And, and we even see the apostles do this in the book of Acts. I think it's in chapter 4, maybe chapter 5, maybe both, where they rejoice because they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Christ. Here Jesus says, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. If you're being persecuted because you're following Christ, if you're being persecuted because you're seeking to do what Jesus says to do, then Jesus says that's not a reason to be sad or downcast or think that God has abandoned you or think that God is not pleased with you. On the contrary, you are blessed and you have reason to rejoice because if you're being persecuted for that reason, here's what you can know. Your reward is great in heaven and you're in really good company because they treated the prophets that way too. And so just as the prophets were blessed, just as the prophets received their reward for trusting the Lord and being faithful to Him despite opposition, and hostility from people who were supposed to be listening to God in the same way if you are being persecuted on account of Christ you don't need to despair don't need to be discouraged don't wonder where God is right your reward is great in heaven God has prepared a blessing for you and you will receive it in due time I've really enjoyed this study of the Beatitudes. I hope you have as well. Thank you for participating, for being here, for watching, for listening. Uh, I hope you will join me as we begin, Lord willing, next week, a study on the Lord's Prayer, line by line. Looking forward to doing that with you uh, coming up here real soon. God bless.